Come on. Becca, are you ready? I am. I like it. I'm ready. The people are ready. Let's go. Welcome to Lifeblood Engage. This is George G. Our guest today is a strong and powerful Becca Ribbing. She is a coach helping people break out of cycles of uncertainty and struggle. She's the author of the Clarity Journal. It's the roadmap for finding the answers to your biggest questions. Becca, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Oh, well, I have two kids. I live in Seattle. Um, love hiking and, you know, being outdoors. That's why we chose Seattle. And I am an author and I do what I do because I feel like life is too short to stay in a job you don't like. I have had, as we all have, all these experiences as a child where people were complaining about their jobs and it just really made an impact on me. And so when I started going through my own journey of trying to figure out what to do, it just, I naturally gravitated to helping all of my friends make sure that they really wanted the job that they were in. And it kind of just blossomed from there. Nice. What, uh, I, it's like, Whenever I read statistics, I'm like, okay, I'll take that with a grain of salt. But just sort of in round numbers, how are uh, like like people don't like their jobs, right? Like most of us. All right. I, I I don't know because there people who do like their jobs oftentimes are quiet about it. Right. So I'd say that people like their jobs more often than you'd think. They just don't hire me. Um, it's kind of funny because I have whole categories of job description that people don't usually hire me. Architects. It seems like most architects like their job reasonably well. So unless they get laid off. Like in 2008, I'd get some uh, architects coming to me because they need some, a switch. So there really are jobs out there that people seem to like well enough that they just stay in for a long time um on the flip side lawyers lawyers always hate their jobs (laughs) and yet never hire me or very rarely hire me because golden handcuffs they'll come to me and be like okay so i don't want to be a lawyer anymore i have this experience how can i make a hundred and twenty thousand dollars minimum and switch and i usually like I don't know. <laughs> if you tell me that, I I will be a rich woman. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's one of those funny things where you really you don't you on the other there are just so many careers out there that it's hard to generalize who likes their job and who doesn't. But I can tell you that a great deal of people, as soon as I tell them at a party what I do, they're like, ooh, I need to talk to you. I need to tell you all about my job. So I, it's been really great because like, as soon as I tell people what I do, they always tell me what they do. And so at this point, like, I've heard of so many weird random jobs. Like this one guy was telling me about how he's a sound brander. And I was like, what is a sound brander? <laughs> this is awesome and he's a musician at night and but he's a sound brander by day and a sound brander basically creates the soundscapes of 
of, of companies. So like Starbucks has, you know, back in the day, they had those little fancy CDs. They have like a Spotify channel. They have probably music on their website. They certainly have commercials out there with music. A sound brander goes through and like make sure everything's consistent. And it's like, that is the coolest job. I, I, one of the fun things about my job is that I've learned so much about other people's jobs at this point. That is an awesome job. And I totally agree. It's like just levels of just different stuff that, wow, that's, that's a job. But when you think about it, it certainly does make sense. So it's amazing. Exactly. Yeah. So, so let's, let's, let's pretend we're at that party. I say, Hey, what do you do, Becca? So I'm a coach and I really love helping people get clear about what they want to do next. Uh, I, it's why I wrote the clarity journal. Um, it is just a passion of mine for people to really enjoy what they're doing. So I help take people through difficult job transitions. Really. It's, it's hard to figure out what you're going to do next. It's hard to really commit. I think a lot of times we have two or three ideas rattling around in our brain, but we don't have experience with those ideas. Like they're a change. And so sometimes we need people to help us really like cycle through all the options and figure out what's the good fit for us. So that is what I do. Nice. What is it, what does it really mean to, to, to like your job? That's probably a really relative thing, but. Yeah, that's a great question. I feel like when we like our jobs, you're not as push-pull with with it. Um, and I think there's two different aspects to this. We can like what we are doing and hate our boss. <laughs> and uh... speaking of statistics, I mean, people usually leave bosses. I forget what the statistic is, but some very high number of people aren't really leaving the job. They're leaving the boss they have. So someone can really like what they are doing and still decide that they need to make a shift. Those people usually just know what they're going to do, like know how to write the resume for it because they have been in that job for so long. They just know the industry. Um, then when people get stuck in a particular career path it happens a lot like right out of college you thought you knew everything at 22 <laughs> <laughs> you thought you knew what you were going to do your professors thought they knew what you were going to do and then you like randomly get this weird job because that's what you got hired for and learning how to pivot from that and make these little changes because let's face it, we are constantly growing and changing anyway. So even if the job was good for you three years ago, a lot of times it's not fulfilling now, you know? So you really want to help like make sure that at any given time you're using all your strengths and you're really recognizing what is and isn't working for you. Yeah, I appreciate that. So when 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 you're helping people, what are are there certain criteria that 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 you help them to focus on? I imagine there's a certain monetary aspect that has to be there. Like what what, what are some of those things? Um 
Well, I would say that there is a monetary aspect to coaching, but one of the reasons why I came up with the idea of the Clarity Journal was because I was really working through some life changes of my own. My, I had one kid, I, ha- I gave birth to another kid, and the second kid had a lot of just like health issues, not bad health issues, but like ear infections, was constantly out of daycare. And I was trying to figure out how I wanted to set up my own life. And I was doing the same thing that most people do, going back and forth and back and forth with a friend. And finally, that friend of mine, who I love dearly, said, Becca, stop. You are a coach. What would you tell yourself? (laughs) And a fair question really felt kind of foolish after hearing it. But I went and I just ran with that. I sat down after we got off the phone and I wrote out like 30 questions I asked my clients. And in the process of writing out those questions and asking them to myself, I became more and more clear and I realized just how powerful being asked the question is in the first place. And being able to just slightly step out of myself and look at it from a different way. So I would say that, yeah, there's the monetary aspect. It's one of the reasons why I created the Clarity Journal in the first place was so that I wouldn't have to necessarily coach every single person and that every person wouldn't need to spend that amount of money. Um, But I think that that being asked the questions just is so powerful to help you move forward if you can be honest with yourself. You know, some people have a hard time journaling because not because the journaling itself is problem but just really looking at themselves and doing the like deep inner work of really thinking about what they want sometimes that's that is uncomfortable but it's really worthwhile yeah yeah well, i i i i 100 agree and i i spent a good amount of time thinking about or at least uh very recently been thinking so much about you know what what is it that I really want and how, how can I help other people figure out what they really want? And it sounds like such an obvious thing, but it's so many different layers of expectations and just junk that we need to sort of pile or dig through. I know. Well, and we've got our parents who have taught us what we should want. We've got our spouses, we've got finances of like what we can and cannot do. And then, but I think one of the big key things that I run into over and over again is that people don't recognize their strengths. Uh, like when you are in school, the thing that everyone kind of focuses on is, oh, like, yeah, that's nice. You got an A in this, but you got a C in this. You really need to improve. And we're constantly taught as kids that we should be looking for improving our weaknesses instead of really embracing the fact that, hey, you're not great at math that's fine as long as you can do the very bare minimum of like making sure you stay on budget. Like you're a great writer. Just go with that. And so what happens is I'll get people in their twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, even sixties who come to me and talk to me. And one of the first things I'll say is, Hey, I am hearing that this is a strength and they almost always are a little dumbfounded and they're like, Oh, that's right. That is a strength of mine. It doesn't that come with, but doesn't that come easily to everyone? And I'm like, no, it does not come easily to everyone. Like, you know, you are a podcaster and you speak really well. 
that does not come to everybody. There's just so many strengths out there that if you can really embrace the fact that, hey, I want to be working here because this is a strength of mine as opposed to I need to fix everything. Now, sure, if you wanted to be a podcaster and public speaking wasn't your thing, you could overcome that and that might be worthwhile because you have other skills that also go into it like you're empathetic or like there's not necessarily going to be a career where you're only using your strengths but i like helping people focus on really embracing those strengths because it just makes it so much easier also to have the confidence to go get those jobs yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. And it, it, I think it's probably a, a pretty human thing to be modest about that like, and, and then to not recognize that what comes easily to me or naturally to me, whatever the term is, doesn't come naturally to other people. And really steering into that uh, will help you to move away from probably a lot of jobs, and but more importantly, move closer to jobs so you just sort of start whittling things down. Right. The other thing is, is personality types. Like when you talk about bad bosses, like being able to recognize what personality types you work well with, you know, not everybody is for everybody. So it's like, if you can actually do kind of an intake on your own work experience and who you've worked well with and just in interviews, look for those personalities that can go a long way towards liking your job as well. That's interesting. So, so actually, from the candidate position, me as a candidate looking for a new job, going through the interview process, um, taking into consideration how am I going to enjoy working with this person or whoever I'm reporting to and proactively looking at right. that? Yeah, I feel like a good part of my job is convincing clients not to take jobs because mm-hmm. I'll be able to hear in the interview process, hey, that doesn't sound that that person sounds like a micromanager and you've told me many many times how you hate your current micromanaging boss let's not jump from the fire into the or from the pan into the fireplace so it's you know it's it's being self-aware it's really being able to like own yourself and like what you want i love it yeah, and and so the immense value that you're bringing is, listen, we we know that this is a red flag and we're going to treat the red flag like a red flag and not just go right past it because everything's going to be fine because it's not going to be fine. It's not going to be fine. You're going to call me in nine months. You'll <laughs> be like, okay, nope, you were right. I need to get another job. <laughs> yeah. How, how, how do you think about uh, time? and different seasons of life when people are just 25 versus 55. Does that factor in? It factors in a bit. Um, 25, I was there once. You know, you do think you know everything. Um, and it's it's funny. So when I work with someone who's 25, I really do have to just like constant, not constantly, but like, what am I trying to say? I have to help them move through thinking they know everything so that they can think bigger. Because sometimes if you think you are, you really understand what's going on, it makes it a little harder to be like, okay, but you're trying to sell yourself here. 
let me tell you how to sell yourself a little bit better. Um, I have some people that I've worked with. I've been doing this for quite a long time. So I've been probably doing this for 15 years now. And I've helped some people who were 22 when I first started and I work with them every single job search and it's been really fun to see them, you know, now they're like, I think um, 32, 33 and seeing that progression is really great versus when I work with someone who's in their fifties or sixties, that can get a lot. Sometimes I end up really just helping them figure out what's going to be a better fit. And a lot of times what they come to me and say is, I wish I had gone back and gotten my master's or finished my bachelor's. And so a lot of times when I'm working with someone who's a lot older, it's a little more kind of managing what they're going to be doing for the next 15 years because they've really gotten themselves off track. And quite frankly, I'd say that a great deal of people that I end up working with that are much older, what's really happened is they had undiagnosed ADHD and they've just really floundered. And so what'll end up happening is one of the first things I'll be able to spot is like, Hey, have you suspected or has anyone told you you might have ADHD because they'll have never thought about it. And it's really sad when you have 60 year old men crying on the phone after the first time they've gone to the doctor and then like, or the first time they're trying the meds and like, I didn't realize that my brain could work this way. And like, I've just been trying to fit that round peg into the square hole for so long. And it's really like painful to watch. And so I think it really depends on where you are in life. I mean, I get the ADHD thing. I am, I am many adults first point of, has anyone told you that you should talk to a doctor? Because I can't help people who have ADHD. I can't really help them the way they are hoping I'll be able to help them because in order to give them the accountability I, they need, I need to like literally sit down with them 24-7 and just like be forcing them to do the thing they don't want to do. <laughs> yeah, going back to really knowing yourself, and that's obviously – a really really big one and yeah. when you're inside the jar you can't see the label kind of a thing so uh, well and i think that there's just like this by like i think there's a bias anyone who's 45 and older is kind of assuming they don't have adhd and you know they were able to like like kind of mess through school even though they were always late with things or they procrastinated and kind of destigmatizing it for them and being like okay i am seeing this um, I mean, and I can't diagnose, there can be other issues too. Um, you have sleep disorders or a, a lack of focus can also stem from depression. Uh, so it's not like I am diagnosing them. I'm sure. just saying like, I am seeing that there is this pattern. Um, like the one time I had to tell a therapist who was very wonderful and sweet it was like, okay, so is there a possibility you have ADHD? And she just started sobbing. She's like, yes, I did, I do, but I tried one med and it didn't work. And I was like, oh, take a deep breath. Okay. 
but you're a therapist. If someone came to you and it was affecting you them this much and they had only tried one med, what would you tell them? You know, it's, it's not easy. No, uh-uh. And this is such a, obviously such an important thing because we spend so much time doing it and a lot of our identity is, 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 is wrapped up in, in, in our work. So going back to the red flag thing, Becca, we're not just going to drive past them. We're going to have the conversations and address the problems when we need to. Exactly. Love it. <laughs> well, Becca, the people are ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? Life's too short. You really need to do it now. There's always going to be a reason to not do it until a project ends or until you have the baby or until all of these things that get in the way in life. And you are going to be happier if you just do it now. So give a gift to your future self and get started today. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets Come on. Come on. Life is way too short. It's also way too long. So we just got to get cracking. We got we got to get moving on this stuff. I love it. Well, Becca, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with they, you? How can they get a copy of the Clarity Journal? They can find me at BeccaRibbing.com or at BeccaRibbing on Twitter or Instagram. And you can find the Clarity Journal on Amazon. Love it. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Becca your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to BeccaRibbing.com. That's B-E-C-C-A-R-I-B-B-I-N-G.com. Check out all the great resources and pick up the Clarity Journal on Amazon. Thanks again, Becca. Thank you so much. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together.